So before I get started, let's just open up with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to bring your word to your children. And I know, God, that when I step up here, even though I'm uncomfortable doing it, that it's you that is speaking through me. And I pray that I am for this opportunity out of the way so that your children can hear your message. And again, I just thank you for this opportunity and for this calling you have on my life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so I felt, I was praying, and I felt called to give the message every fifth Sunday. And I was like, oh, are you sure? And um, God was like, yeah, I'm sure. So I went to Pastor Barb, and I told her, and um, she told Pastor Norm, and they graciously agreed to let me walk in that calling that God has for me. Um, this was back in October, and immediately I got Elijah. And I was like, all right, God, Elijah's kind of cool, so let's do a deep dive into I have ADHD, and if you know anything about ADHD, they do hyperfixations. I would say Elijah was a hyperfixation from October till now for me, honestly. It was crazy. But by the end of October, I had everything typed up, ready to go. I'm like, oh, man, procrastination who? And then January 3rd rolls around, and I tell Pastor Barb, I'm like, it's just not clicking. It's like two different messages, and I can't bring them together, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So I went home, and I prayed, and then I came to the realization, God, you're going to change my message, aren't you? God was like, yeah, I am. We're still, we're still talking about Elijah, but just in a different direction. So with that being said, today we're going to be talking about preparing for a move of God. By a show of hands, how many of you are praying for, like, revival or a move of God? All right, put your hands down. How many of you are prepared for revival? There's a lot less hands that went up on that one. So when we think of revival, we might think, tend to think of all the miracles that happen or maybe the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I would venture to guess that most of us don't think about the preparation involved in a move of God, like the revival. The daily walk that men like William J. Seymour, he's one of my favorites in the Pentecostal faith, William J. Seymour, he led the Azusa Street Revival in 1907 a mighty outpouring of God in, in California. We don't think about what he did, the daily walk that he took to get to where he could be used by God in such a mighty way. But today we're going to talk about four principles that we can use to prepare for revival so that when it does come, we're ready for that move of God. Over the past few months, like I said, I had a hyperfixation on Elijah. <laughs> And who better to look at, in my opinion, than a man who not only sought after God, but literally Mount Carmel prayed, God came down in a pillar of fire, and the children of Israel went, the Lord, he is God. I feel like that was like, you know, like when you're a little kid, sometimes you misbehave, and your mom is like telling you to stop and stop and stop, and then finally she's like, I said stop it, and you're like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I feel like that's what happened on Mount Carmel. <laughs> But we're going to start reading um, when Elijah first comes on the scene in 1 Kings chapter 17. It says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except at my word. 
Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Cherith Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook, and I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him. He went to the Cherith Ravine, east of the Jordan, and stayed there. Principle one, we must learn to depend on God. Elijah comes out of nowhere. From what I've read, Tishbe was a town kind of like Frederick, St. Helen. It was a little nowhere town in the middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> Listen, I live in Grayling, so, you know. He comes out of nowhere. God tells him to deliver a message, and just as quickly, God tells him to go to this, cher- this brook. The brook Cherith, or it's also pronounced Kareth in some um, translations. It means to cut off, separate, or a gorge. God is literally cutting Elijah off from everything and everyone. Have you ever been there before? Because I have. <laughs> Where God is literally telling you, it's one, you know, one of my mom's favorite verses is, be still and know that I am God. And sometimes God is, he's telling you, be still, you know, which is really hard for me because, again, I have ADHD. Makes me a great youth, pers- youth leader, but maybe not so much up here. But anyways. <laughs> God says, I've called you into a time of waiting, and we look to him alone for our food and our water. I've had it where God has called me into a time of waiting and sitting in church. It was like Pastor Norm was the raven bringing me food, you know? He, and I had the Holy Spirit bringing me the living water. And God just said, just wait. We learn to rely on him for everything that we have or everything that we're getting. Again, for you, your brook moment might have just be sitting in church, listening to the word. Like I said, he's done that with me before. But the thing is, Elijah doesn't stay here, though, does he? If we continue reading, we see that God tells him, Down in verse 9, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. Principle 2, we must be willing to change. That's a word nobody likes. (laughs) It can be hard to go where God sends us if the place that we're at is comfortable We think, but God, you sent me to do this. Or, but God, you told me to rest. You told me to be still. I'm not supposed to be doing anything right now. For me personally, that was worship and prayer ministry. Now, I got saved two weeks shy of my 18th birthday. And I immediately was like, God, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. And he said, leave my youth. And I said, no thanks. And I ran really, really far, really, really fast in the opposite direction. And so God was like, okay, until you're ready, I'm going to put you in, in prayer and worship. And I love to pray. I love to sing. My, I have a pretty musical family. And, you know, I, we grew up, like, we, we were in a band, me and my sisters, okay? So I'm like, this is perfect. It's so natural. And when God called me out, I dug my feet in. Because again, it, God, this is such a natural spot for me, though. 
But God was calling me to an uncomfortable place. And I didn't want to go. It's hard to leave a place when we're comfortable. But the Lord will do whatever it takes to move us out of our comfortable lives and into a new place. He may say, yes, I sent you there for a time, but now it's time to move. I want to do something new with you. We must be willing to move from where we are and obey God's instructions to where he's calling us. Principle three, we must be willing... No, go the other way. There we go. We must be willing to go where God directs us. This is a hard one for I feel like pretty much everyone. But when we look to Elijah's example, we see that God calls him to Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Sidon's king had a daughter. You might recognize her in another spot in 1 Kings. Her name was Jezebel. The same Jezebel that brought in idol worship from her homeland and killed all the prophets of the Lord, so she thought. The same Jezebel that because she brought in idol idol worship and basically made it illegal to worship Jehovah, Elijah was sent to give the message in the first place. This not only would have been a long, uncomfortable journey for Elijah, but he would be going into an uncomfortable, unfamiliar place. No, go back. Where are we at? There we go. Zarephath means to smelt or smelting. I just think God in words is kind of fun sometimes. Like he sends Elijah to this uncomfortable place, but sometimes we have to go to an uncomfortable place to get the purities out of our life so that God can use us how he wants us to be used, right? Amen. Am I going the wrong way here? What is going on? There we go. All right. This is what a road to Zarephath could have looked like. This one's probably nicer, to be honest. <laughs> like, thinking back into Elijah's say, this one's probably a lot nicer. Would you want to travel that road in a drought? I don't want to travel that road just looking at it. (laughs) The journey from the brook to Zarephath, as you can see, was a long journey. It was going to be uncomfortable, especially in a drought. It's about 100 miles. But sometimes the Lord says, I'm going to use you, but I'm going to take you to an uncomfortable place to do it. As I mentioned before, God called me into an uncomfortable place. What was it? Youth ministry. I was not, I was, listen, I love you guys. I love you all. But I was uncomfortable when I first went downstairs. I remember, also, I just want to say that I started listening to the Lord. I decided it was a good year to listen to the Lord in 2020 and go into youth ministry. That was really hard. It's like, how do you connect with kids over the internet? But still be engaging and try to do all this. And so I decided I was going to tell Pastor Norm and Pastor Barb, I was like, hey, I feel called into youth ministry, but I don't know what to do. And they told me, they were like, oh, there's this great 
place called MySOM that you can go. And so I was like, okay, but they're like, but before you do that, you know, just go downstairs, see if you like it, you know, before you spend the money, just saying. And so I did, January of 2020, I started going downstairs. And when I first went down, I was like, this is real awkward, because I don't know any of these kids, they don't know me. Um, Brian and Colleen were leading at that point. And um, I was just real uncomfortable. <laughs> so I didn't know what to do. I'd, I'd helped out with youth groups before, but actually leading and stuff like that, I was very uncomfortable with that. And a few years later, I'm very comfortable with my youth group now. I know all the kids, even the ones coming in, I know enough of them that I'm not like completely awkward, an awkward mess when the new ones come in. I can still be myself. But now God has called me to a different uncomfortable place. Remember, it's hard to grow when you're in a comfortable spot, right? And God's always like pushing, pushing us to grow just a little bit more. Come on, you can just a little bit more. And that's what you see today. <laughs> this is the uncomfortable spot God has me in right now. Thanks. <laughs> Sometimes he calls us to those uncomfortable places because he wants us to grow. Or that we have a, a message or a phrase or a line or a word or a prayer that somebody needs to hear. It's not about how comfortable we are. It's about how God can use us wherever he's calling us to be used. This is where I might step on some toes. I told Pastor Barb, I was like, I am so excited to give this message, but I'm also not excited. Same time. We have holes in the church because people don't want to be uncomfortable. We have brooks drying up, and still the thought of doing what God is telling you to do, it just makes you, it's just too uncomfortable for you to fathom that you can do that. We pray for revival, but we're unwilling to meet the needs that our own church has because our comfort level might be disturbed. I told you I was not excited to say that, but the Lord pressed on. We pray for an influx of people, but who's supposed to care for those people once they're here? And we're blessed here at the Hope. We have great volunteers. Doesn't mean we have enough. We pray for every seat to be full, but we don't want to be the ones to care for them. Many hands make light work, though, right? Children's, nursery, youth. I'm real fun. I'm just saying. Ushers, greeting, maintenance, groundskeeping, worship, soundboard and live stream, men's ministry, women's ministry, kitchen help. These are all areas that are ministries in our church that you could get plugged in at. Everyone has a place that God is calling them to. This is from a lesson I did downstairs a couple weeks ago. It's a puzzle. Every student had a piece already on their chair when they got downstairs. And then I asked each student to go place their piece on the board. 
And they did, but there wasn't enough people to place all the puzzle pieces on the board. So me and my lovely helper, Ellis, rearranged the other ones and put them, put them on the board. And when it came together, it formed our, our logo. This message was about the importance of coming to church, being engaged with church. Pieces were missing. If you're not here, this, I'm saying this to everyone watching online, I love you guys, but we miss you. You're a piece of our puzzle. You are a piece of the puzzle. You have gifts and talents that God has called you to use. To not just come in, listen, I know Pastor Norm is an amazing pastor. Gosh dang it. So I get just wanting to sit in here and soak up the word that he, the message that he has given. I understand that. But, and I'm going to speak from a youth perspective here. Because I, I hear it said a lot, oh, those youth, are you pouring into them? Are you helping out in any way? This is not just for youth, this is for children's and nursery. They're our next generation. Are you helping out in any way or are you just complaining? Everybody has a part. Everybody is a piece. It might be uncomfortable at first. Listen, I'm not comfy up here right now. But we must be willing to trust that God knows what he's doing. And that he has called us to do what he's asked us to do. Principle four, we must be willing to depend on others. This is a hard one for me personally. I'm a very independent person. Ask my parents. They're like, dang, she's headstrong. <laughs> I've always been this way. I get impatient when it's not getting done quick enough or how I think it should be done. Listen, I have all the patience in the world until I ask you to do something, and then five minutes later, it's not done. Y'all pray for Aaron. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But I end up just doing things myself a lot. And it bleeds over into my ministry as well. And again, I can only speak for the youth ministry here at the church as it's the one I'm connected to. But often I won't ask people to help me even if God puts them on my heart. Because I already know what they're going to say. They're going to tell me, no, Lord. But I have to trust God that he put someone on my heart to ask because he's already put it on their heart to come. They have something the youth need, they have something I need, and we have something they need. Side note. If you feel called to youth ministry, I probably already know. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you guys. <laughs> the Bible says we are to hold each other up and encourage each other and keep each other accountable. Another word nobody likes. 
But if we truly want to see revival, if we truly want to see a move of God, are we willing to be uncomfortable for that purpose? We must learn to rely on God. We must be willing to change when God directs us to move. We have to be willing to go even if we're uncomfortable to go there. And we must be willing to depend on others for help. God has called each of us to something. You are a part of the bigger puzzle. You, talking online too, help form the Hope Church. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Before I close, though, Pastor Barb's going to be mad at me because she told me not to do this, but I'm doing it. I want to take time to acknowledge our amazing pastors. Both of them. They work so hard for this church. In my short time that I've been in this position, I've seen them just jump in and get the job done because it needs to get done. They do it because they love this church. But more importantly, they do it because they love the God that they serve. They're the, truly the best mentors that I could have for serving like Jesus served. And again, thank you both for all that you do. For the rest of us. Yeah, that's right. We have set up in the great room, as I'm sure that you notice on the way in, all the different ministries that we have available here at The Hope. And team leads will be out there if you have questions for whatever ministry God is calling you to. I took the liberty of making today's message shorter on purpose so that you have time. You're welcome. See, the point is, I don't want you guys just to get plugged in to get plugged in. When you get plugged in where God wants you, your growth is rapid. When I got plugged in, until I got plugged in with youth, I was okay. <laughs> I was doing good, you know, riding the boat. <laughs> Once I got plugged in with youth, I can see the growth in myself, how quickly I went up. I've been doing it since 2020. And while it took me longer to get ordained than most people, <laughs> or not ordained, I'm not getting ordained. Let me just back that up, God. Credentialed. <laughs> Credentialed. I know it's where God is calling me to go. And I would ask that you each ask yourselves, where is it that God is calling me to get plugged in? Not only 
do you, in getting plugged in, go where God is calling you and you can get rapid growth from that. You also form friendships. When I was on the worship team, I knew Mary and Roger before because um, we were friends with their son, Jeremiah, if you know him. But coming up here and actually having relationships with everyone on the worship team or everyone who was doing prayer at the time, actually forming those relationships, the relationships I still have. I'm excited to come to church, not just because God, but God has given me a support system in all the different ministries that I've been able to be a part of. It's what keeps you going to church. Those friends that keep you accountable. That's how you get rapid growth. (laughs) So don't discredit that voice that you know, I know, y'all each have a voice inside your head going, you need to go to this ministry right now. (laughs) I know you do. So don't discredit that voice. Listen to it. Sign up. Give it a month. We're not like, you have to sign up and you have to stay there. I'm so sorry. You signed up. That's your fault, not mine. (laughs) We want you where God wants you. So if you sign up for something and you're like, I don't feel this is for me, you know what? We're going to help you find what is for you. Keep that in mind as you go out and you'll look at all the tables today. All right, I'm going to wrap this message up because it's supposed to be short, right? So that we can go out and be God's hands and feet. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this opportunity that you have given each of us to use our gifts and our talents for you, to further your kingdom. I know that each of us have something to bring to the table that you have put inside of us. God, may we listen to that voice calling us to use our gifts and talents today. Thank you for the leaders and for the volunteers that you've already called to the hope. Bless the ministries of the hope and fill them with your spirit. God, I just ask also that you would just keep everybody safe in their coming and their going. And again, bless those who listen to the voice of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, go go get plugged in.